0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. If you would have asked me that before, could I go a year without salary? I would have said, no, I couldn't, you know? So it's like, I don't believe in coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. And I'm a big believer in the universe and everything that you have in your life, you created somehow, some way. And that's my delusionally optimistic self. You know, if I can sell title and escrow and ancillary fee and I, you know, can sell millions of that every year for 10 years, like, okay, I can sell almost anything. So that's where like when I, I got into Cam Monkey, I had other income coming in from my W two at you know real estate. So my thought process in the beginning was like, hey, I'm just gonna grow this. You know, I don't need any money from Cam Monkey. If this gets to a thousand properties, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing if this gets to five hundred, if this gets to hundred, like in the beginning it was very small. But when the pandemic happened in twenty twenty, so that was now like I invested right before twenty nineteen. Now this is twenty twenty, almost like you know, a year and a half after I invested and now put time into it. When the pandemic happened, I almost was given no other opportunity. It was like, what else am I going to do? Am I going to go?
1: You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, we are back with another Minute with Minute, and I have a question for Nathan, who is going to answer the question of, does Minute do more than noise monitoring?
2: Definitely. Uh, great question.
1: We we do get a lot of people that
2: come in to minute expecting that we only do noise monitoring. And that is definitely a core feature uh, of what we do here. But we have quite a few other features that hopefully um, short-term rental managers will, will find interesting. So number one, we also have security features built in. So that would be things like motion detection to let you know when guests have checked in or checked out, or when the cleaners have come and gone. We also have a window break detection that goes along with that to let you know if someone's trying to break into your unit. Additionally, we can let you know if a smoke alarm or a carbon monoxide alarm is sounding in the unit with our alarm recognition. Apart from that, somewhat related to noise, we have a crowd detection feature that lets you know if a large group is gathering at the unit, even before they start making noise. Our newest Monitor is, is uh, available indoors or outdoors. So uh, the sensor, when you install it, you choose whether you're placing it indoors or outdoors. So it is weatherproof. And a pretty exciting feature that we have coming later this year is our uh, new ability to detect unauthorized smoking. So uh, that's a few of the features. We actually do have a few more that I didn't even get to touch on here. So if any of those interest you, check us out.
1: I love it. You heard it here first, folks. A minute with minute, and now back to the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And this one comes out a little bit differently because normally I don't get to meet founders in person prior to recording with them. It's always meet online, get to chat, have a pre-call, get on the podcast. Well, Alex Shapiro is a little bit different. He is the CEO and co-founder of CanMonkey. If you haven't heard of them, I would be surprised. They've been around a while, but they are making waves in the short-term rental industry. So Alex, welcome to Slick Talk. Good to see you again, my friend.
0: Thank you, Will. I'm really appreciative of being here. It was great to meet you at the Women's Summit, Level Up Your Listing, and I'm glad that we were able to connect I'm able to get on your calendar. You're a busy guy, so
1: I appreciate the opportunity, and
0: and, uh, I'm looking forward to speaking with you today.
1: Yeah, me too. I've been really looking forward to this just after getting to meet you at, like you said, Level Up Your Listing, which... Big shout out to Natalie Palmer and Tatiana Taylor Tate for putting that on and for allowing Alex and I to be one of the four guys in attendance. It was <laughs> it was a pure honor. So such a good conference. But getting to hear your story again, I think you and I had this conversation when talking to each other in the, the marketplace and just getting to hang out. But, you know, there's a lot of things in our industry that are not sexy. One of them, insurance. Second one, noise. A third one, trash. And obviously, you know, I've never thought like when hearing about you and CanMonkey, I was like, how did I not come up with this? Like, this is so genius, so needed in our industry because the things I mentioned when it comes to noise, parking and trash are usually big pieces that go into regulation in short term rentals. So for you, without obvious, you know, awareness for any of the listeners or the, the live viewers, CanMonkey obviously deals with. Trash cans and stuff, but let's hear the story of one what Cam Monkey is today and how you got started in the beginning. Absolutely, and I appreciate the opportunity. Like once again, so Cam Monkey was founded, uh, the
0: idea, the concept, in 2017. The the brainchild, my business partner Mark started in Scottsdale, Arizona, going after just homeowners in a ritzy area in North Scottsdale. His thought process was if he didn't like doing the taking the trash cans to the curb and back, and he saw his neighbors not wanting to do it, and Pulling it right into the garage, you know, shutting the garage, can still at the curb while he was walking his dog one night. He's like, hey, that's gonna be a business model. And not even looking into the short-term rental or the Airbnb industry. It was just strictly homeowners. So 2018 was our first full year. Mark and his other business partner who started it, you know, went into the business fully, you know, got a website, PR company, um, well, got on the news. Everything you thought that you would have to do in a business is exactly what they did invested a lot of money into it, did everything right. The only problem was that this was such a new concept that homeowners, A, didn't know what this was. B, wasn't really sure they really needed it. And C, it was just kind of like, I'll wait because I've taken my own trash can out for my whole life. So it's just it wasn't like a real urgency for them. So after the first year, roughly, we had about 20 to 25 properties that we've added on, you know, one by one homeowners. His business partner and him at the time, Mark, uh, were our friends of mine. Uh, we're friends of mine. And, um, you know, came to me with the concept of Cam Monkey toward the end of 2018 and asked if I wanted to invest. And, you know, as uh, going after homeowners, and I thought initially it was a silly idea. I was like, I wouldn't pay for it. I was even breaking it down the monthly. Like, I'm going to pay this much every week to take trash cans out. That's so silly. That's so stupid. I wouldn't do it. Kind of like, you know. Putting them down. But in a way, it was that thing that you know, I thought of, right? I went home that night, you know, I'm thinking, okay, the trash can has to go out. I saw my neighbor's cans out. I'll do it when I get, you know, I did the same thing that he said, but now from a homeowner. So I was like, oh my gosh, maybe he's onto something. My background at the time was real estate and escrow or escrow and title real estate. And so I had some investor guys that were converting some of their long-term rentals into short-term rentals. And it was at that point where I was like, holy crap, maybe there's a whole other you know department for this need. You know, Here's someone that has 20 properties that would want to sign up all 20. That's pretty enticing, right? Like You don't have to go after one person yeah. and get one property. You go after one person and get 20. And when I was entitled in escrow, I went after investors for that same reason. Work smarter, not harder. So if I get one client and they gave me 20 deals that month, it's a lot better than going after 20 individual real estate agents and getting one deal each. So that was kind of my, my aha moment, even though at that time, I think they kind of already had a couple short-term rentals that were coming on to Cam Monkey. That was my like, okay, this is what I can scale. This is what I bring to the table. And I kind of changed my philosophy. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I will buy it. I'm like, let's talk about it. And at that time, there was my business partner, Mark, and his business partner at the time. And the other guy wasn't really keen on me coming in. What can you do for us? You know, how are you going to help us? You know, was kind of adamant that I wasn't a part of it. I was just like, no, what, I'll just bring value. I'll just show you what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to keep reaching out to these people because I like to create win-wins. So I kept mm-hmm. reaching out to people, started bringing some people over. That guy was kind of, the other business partner was like, no, what, I'm just not doing this anymore. This is not working out. It's taking too slow. And so I basically came in and took Mark's business partner, got him out of it. You know, he, he wanted out. I took over his spot. And then Mark and I were saying, look, this is what we'll do. You do operations, Mark. You make sure the cans go to the curb and back every week, and then I'll make sure that the sales and marketing, which is my background, is getting taken care of. and And then we grew the Scottsdale place, you know, Scottsdale market, uh, until we got to the point where he couldn't do all the routes himself. And then we started looking to other nearest cities like Mesa, Tempe, which were twenty miles away, but still twenty miles away is far for one can to go back and forth for a driver. So then we started looking to the next city, and then the next city, and then the next city, and that's kind of how. The thought process came from just a seed idea to where it wasn't my idea. Like I never came up with Cam Monkey. I never came up with the, the thought process. I never came up with the, the website. But I came in with like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you guys scale this and just make sure the operations is taken care of. In the beginning it was just you know Mark and I doing it, so it was a lot easier when it's just two people taking care of the cans. Every, yeah, you know, every day, every week.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I love that you kind of came in and just said, okay, here's a way. I like this business. There is a problem, but is the problem big enough for homeowners to scale, or is the problem bigger for short-term rental operators? And that's where the scale is at. And so getting like the, you know, big shout out to Brooke Fotz from one of our sponsors at Ventory, but he always tells me going, Will, you know, riches and niches, riches and niches. And I think you and I had this conversation and in Arizona talking about like, okay, who knew that short-term rentals or hospitality, the big umbrella would create niches in noise, insurance, garbage can takeout services, like all these little pieces, media, podcasts, like all these pieces that people are able to get into under one big umbrella is, is really cool. And so just to hear your story of like, okay, I'm going to come in, I'll bring value. And it sounds like you and and forgive me if I'm wrong, but you and Mark kind of right out the gate. We're like, Hey, visionary integrator, you're going to go integrate and do the operations. I am want to make sure that we scale and we grow. Is that correct for you guys on how your relationship kind of went out the, at the beginning? Yeah, or- no,
0: I'll give you, um, so Mark is, uh, like 15, 16 years older than me. When I was 22, he was my, one of my first mentors out of college. So we have a good relationship. He's more like a, an uncle S right. So like, When you go to your uncle thinking that you know a little bit more than your uncle, he kind of puts you in check sometimes. So it's nice to have someone like that, that kind of, you know, dots my eyes, cross my t's for me because I'm a little delusionally optimistic. Um, So it's nice to have someone that pulls me in. So that's our business model, right? Like I am the visionary, but he's a visionary as well. But, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, I'm going to go for this. Let's do it, you know, just make sure that we're good on the back end. And that's what we're we're really good at. Like we're the yin and yang. Like I might go out too far, but I don't go out too far because he's always there kind of making sure like, hey, we can do this, but X, Y, Z. So it's nice to have someone that already has, he has different kind of business uh, knowledge than I do. He has business knowledge of starting businesses from scratch in different industries, but you know, that is good knowledge, right? Trademarks, copyrights, you know, LLCs. I come from the corporate America world. I never needed to LLC. I never needed, you know, trademarks. I never needed any of that. So like, you combine both, and I I knew how to scale. I knew how to take the tools and uh, take, you know, different data and, and how to leverage that for the real estate industry. But it's the same. I'm still in the real estate industry, just differently, right? So like, back to your thing, like Gary Keller from Keller Williams. He has a book called The One Thing. So my one thing was short term rentals. You know, could I go after elderly and the disabled and like homeowners? Absolutely. Like, but it's a lot harder to go after those people. Like, could I get those onesie twosies? Absolutely. But I'd rather call one person and get 15 properties and then bring those 15 properties on and then now go after the nearest neighbors, which might be the elderly or disabled. And now it's easy to add on that one property compared to, you know, one property at a time. So in the beginning, Mark was really gung-ho about going after homeowners. That's what he created this business for when i was coming in to really kind of change it it wasn't like that's a great idea like, i think you saw it but at the same time like it made more sense at the time you know we didn't have what we have now in the time it made way more sense it really did i'll, I'll admit <laughs> just to stay in scottsdale just to stay in phoenix where we could actually touch it right but i didn't want to do that i knew that hey if we're doing these routes at the point where we weren't doing the routes anymore we were now hiring someone else to do it like well look i didn't go to that property you didn't go to that property. So it got done today. Why couldn't we do that at another location? Like, what's the difference? And so it was like those kind of questions for me. And then for him to kind of process it and say, okay, how would this work if we did that? And then, okay, let's try it. And so it's nice to have, I go through the whole steps and come back and like, okay, I already know what can go wrong. I know what can go right. Let's just try it. And then Am I always right? No. Am I always wrong? No. But it's like it's I had a goes, hey, I've already seen the path a little bit. Let's just see. And then we'll go in and we'll kind of carve it out a little bit better. And and that's kind of how we got to this point now. And then now with the application, everything we have, the technology, it's I'm glad that we pushed ourselves because we wouldn't, if we didn't push ourselves in the beginning, we wouldn't have been able to scale. If we didn't be able to scale, we wouldn't have been able to show that we are sustainable. And if we can't show that we're sustainable, then we can't show that we're prop- you know, then all the things that come with a growing business.
1: A hundred percent. And I love that you guys realize, you know, density in a market is more important than just signing up everybody that you can willy nilly. Right? Like I think all entrepreneurs, at least the visionary aspect, you know, it's nice to have a integrator who can kind of humble you down, whether it's uncle Mark, who's like, yo, all right, I'm going to cross your T's dot your eyes and kind of bring you down to earth for a little bit. But when it comes to entrepreneurs, we get so excited and we'll just start taking everybody. Yeah, it's working. We're finding product market. And sometimes that is the case. But like, I love quoting Brandy from Sextant or now Romy, where, you know, they're only in Miami and New Orleans, but they have opportunities to go everywhere else. You know, they're well-funded, they're profitable, well-operating machines. But, you know, they, they said, you know, why would we go into a market where we only have 20 units in a building when we can get a whole building in one city, which does better for us as an operational team. So that way we can scale in that market rather than, you know, one unit in Austin, 10 units in Seattle five in new york whatever the case may be so for you guys being able to say hey let's get into a, a dense market short-term rentals and then we can pick up the ones because it's just adding them to the route that's super smart and i guess i want to ask you from like a personal perspective getting into a business that you didn't fully start right out the gate i'm i'm going to give you 100 credit like you are a founder of this company but you know when you buy in you know what was i guess a weird question to like wrap it up is did you ever think you would be a founder, CEO of a a trash can company that pulls trash cans out and puts, puts them back? Or
0: So I'll be honest with you. So this is the timeline. So March of 2018, I went to a bachelor party for one of my friends getting married. And while on a the car ride to the Airbnb that we we're staying at in Lake Tahoe, the guy next to me that I just met that was on this trip too, was watching a show called Billions. And it's, Bobby Axelrod is this guy who buys these companies and he goes in and like kind of manipulates in a way to make them better. And I was like, oh my God, that's a genius idea. Like, what can I buy to like manipulate? So, anyway, that was March. So come November, I bought into Cam Monkey. That was just five months later that I got that idea from Bobby Axelrod from billions. And so that's what it was. And, and Cam Monkey was just the first opportunity that my that friends of mine came and said, Hey, do you want to invest in a company? Like no one ever asked me if I wanted to invest in a company at the time. I come from Fortune 500 companies. I was, you know, corporate America all in. I'm riding the, the ladder up top. I'm an assistant vice president. I'm going to leadership programs, you know, so that's where my background was. I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to be corporate America for the next 30 years. I'm going to get some big kind of VP, you know, title, and then I'll just own some companies on the side that I can invest in. So I never took any money from Cam Monkey 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, never. It was all just a side hustle until we got to the point where it's like, hey, we're all in. And, Things happened in our favor that like was able to you know, make me be able to do this, but like the pandemic was a good thing. I mean, at one time, I think everyone was a day trader. <laughs> I was a day trader for a couple months that helped me go. You know, so like at one point, things just happened in my favor that I was like, no, oh, I can hold off and take money from this. So that's why like I look at. It. So that was the thought process of how I got into this originally. I never thought I was going to be in this position, but when I kept going back to my one thing, when I got laid off in Title and Escrow in 2020, I could have gone to another company and. Consulted or whatever, I was like, "Oh, screw this! I'm just gonna go all in on Cam Monkey." We were under, we were less than 400 properties at that time, and I think we had just lost like almost 20 percent because Turnkey at the time had just cut off like 70 properties, and I was like, "Holy, sh- we're, we're done! Everyone's gonna cancel. The world's shutting down." And but also from that is when we started Pool Monkey because I yeah, you know, but anyways, like we started getting a little bit, you know, like I never realized how much of an entrepreneur I was until I got into this aspect, and I got to see all these different things from this industry, but. No, it was never a thought process of, I'm going to run a trash company. You know, it was never like that. And, and even in the beginning, it, you know, it was always, you know, Mark's and his other business partner. And it wasn't until a point where like, it was really like Mark and I only. And then that's where I felt like it was my company as well, because it was just Mark and I. It was just the two of us. And at one point, like, and people don't really know this, like but like when the pandemic happened, Mark got stuck in Canada. So it was Mark and I growing this trash company where my business partner in Montreal, you know, three hours ahead, I'm in Arizona. And we're growing this all through what's up app, Slack, off the mark apps, you know, like everything that like ridiculous, like going back in time, if someone said, Hey, do this again. I'd say, no, <laughs> there's no way. Like, I, I know there's the end goal, but like the things that we were doing before and the way that we even got can runners to work with us blows my mind. I pinch myself every day because now we have a well-oiled machine and it's a lot easier to look at it now and be like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, of course I knew what I was doing, but <laughs> in the beginning it was just dumb luck and you know one person taking a chance on us, one person taking a chance on us one more coming i mean at one point we're averaging 10 to 14 signups a month you know at 35 39 a month you know like i'm thinking i need to add a thousand of these to start making some money you know like i can't make money at this i got a family of five you know but you kept staying at it and that's what you said something earlier what we did also is we took everything in the beginning We would take it all and then until we realized like hey that's not smart let's not take that we even went into austin originally not that we did anything wrong we just didn't we were saying hey this is gonna be easy and we kind of failed in the beginning and we got we pulled out of austin and then we went to park city for the second market and then succeeded in park city because we saw what we did wrong in austin and applied it to park city and then went back to Austin and got in. So, like everything that we've done has helped us keep going in the right direction. But a lot of it was just being opti- delusionally optimistic and saying, look, hey, if we did it here, we can do it there. And then now, like I said, we're in 13 states, 66 cities doing it all with a team of five, you know, managing it, you know, W2 employees managing it all from Tempe, Arizona with over 400 active can runners. We just did over a thousand stops yesterday with 50 routes yesterday, just on Monday. And it's getting easier, you know? So it's like, it's one of those things we're adding more and more properties always, but like the complaints or like the issues are going down and the properties are going up. It's just, it's changing. So it's it's really cool to see. We, we are, I used to tease Mark, you'd say that we're a software company, a technology company. I'm like, no, we're not. And now I'm like, no, we really are. No, we are a software company. We are running this all technology-based company on an application. People sign up to take their cans to the curb and back and we do it same day. Um, They don't have to talk to anyone. It just gets done. And that is completely a software company.
1: Yeah. And the coolest part I like about this is, you know, we've said it a couple times in the conversation so far on, you know, a trash company, just a trash company. And and I'm not trying to downplay for any of the listeners. Like, you have to understand this is a huge logistical nightmare, probably. Not even going to say probably. I'm going to say even in one city to understand how I'm sure there's got to be different things that go into county zip code neighborhood suburb all these little things that kind of hoas whatever the the case you know by case basis might be plus time zones and now being in different markets and cities and all that applied the logistical nightmare that's probably behind it especially in the early days like being on whatsapp and all these off-market apps like you're talking about i can imagine so like big hats off to you guys especially on such a in front of your face but not so in front of your face that it doesn't seem obvious when you're looking at it from a property manager standpoint at least you know we've always had this conversation okay well we just have to send automated reminders to the guests to bring out the, the trash prior to departure or whatever the you know cadence is but hearing you talk about this i was like i'm signing up immediately like all over florida properties getting on can monkey right now Because it is a little thing that does come up and it's, you know, it affects guest service scores, it affects ownership relationships, HOA relationships, you know, especially being remote. A lot of operators are remote. They're not in their market that they operate in. So, yeah, being able to partner with someone like you guys and having the tech, it's a a no brainer. In my head.
0: Well, and we're taking timestamp pictures now. We have geolocation. Like we now are getting a point where we're getting our own dashboard for our clients. So, like whether you have one property or twenty properties, you can always call us. We have you know great customer service department. We have people that are always going to respond to you. But sometimes people don't want to deal with humans. They just want to look at their own dashboard and see the pictures are there. And And what we've learned also over time, and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from our clients. So, for example, like in the beginning when it was just Mark and I. I would get a call from a client and saying, Alex, you missed our can. Like, how dare you? Like, and like, I'm paying you. I need a refund. And I would just take that internally. Like, I am so sorry. We messed it up. Like, okay, let me. And I would call Mark and be like, Mark, what the hell? We missed this. He goes, we didn't miss this. I took this can out myself. I'm like, you did? And why are they saying that? It's still full." And then you start looking into it. It It's like, well, hey, client, did you have guests leave yesterday or today? Well, actually the cleaners came today. Oh, could the cleaners put trash in the can afterwards? Oh, that's what happened. Okay, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. So I went and I'm like, oh, we need pictures. You know, so like these are things that we took over time that we didn't have in the beginning. We just did it because we would hear from our, you know, customer what they wanted or what the problem was. And then how do we solve it? And a lot of it was just giving them, you know, CYA, cover your app. You know, we had to make sure that, hey, we were there. Here's the picture. This is the time stamped. Could anything happen after this? And what we also found is like, and to your point earlier, some properties have trash and recycling cans on separate days. So that means we're there the day before, day after. That's four days a week, 16 times a month. If we miss one time for whatever issues, it's like we stink. And that's still a 92% accuracy, 93% accuracy, 15 out of, you know, Although the last quarter, we're at 99.6% accuracy rate. So out of all 40,000 stops, you no, know, we're almost perfect. But with that still being said, there's still some issues that come up, whether we take the can to the curb, but there's a car in front of the drive, you know, in front of the spot we pick it up, you know, and it doesn't get picked up the next morning. And they, you know, we don't say that's an issue, but we put in the issue, hey, there's a car right here, you know, to document ourselves, you know. Some people think that we need to call them and let them know, but then we had done that in the past. They don't answer. We go do the other routes. They call us back 20 minutes later and go, oh, can you go back? Well, I can't go back now. Are we already gone? So, like, we learn this over time. But like you said, for the majority of it, it's people just want the, the peace of mind knowing that. It's taken care of. It's, the guests don't have to do it. They don't have to put it in their notes section. They don't have to worry about the neighbors now, you know, seeing cans for a couple of days, the HOA, the regulations in place. And also, I just gave an example of 15 to 16 times a month that we're taking them. Also, like you said, like there's some areas where there's a, a, a street that maybe divide a city in a city where 15 properties are on this route and all but one is on a separate day. It's so like when we have the cities change for the, the New Year's and Christmas, all of them change but one. So we think we're doing a good job in being proactive and changing all the dates, but one of the properties doesn't change. So now that person is mad that we took the can out a day early and you know, we suck. And it's like, oh, okay, sorry. Like, you know, Now we added the notes. Now we know for next year. <laughs> you know, don't do this one. So you know, it's like, come on, man. We've been great for six months. You know? You, you know, honest mistake. And we'll make sure that we always make it right. At the end of the day, we're dealing with humans. We're dealing with things that are sometimes always changing. But for the most part, we own it. If we do make a mistake, we'll make it right. We have our on-demand junk removal as well, so we ensure that your cans are always going to be empty. Whether it's the cans taken to the curb, the city empties them, and we return them, or we go with our on-demand junk removal and empty them for you. Whether it's excess trash left after your guests that you know was left, even though we took them to the curb, there's still trash around, or the gate was blocked by a car, and we couldn't get to the can. And, you know, we didn't have easy, accessible access. And you need us to remove it. And you send an Airbnb insurance claim because the guests left too much trash. Whatever it is, we've seen it all. So we just try to be those eyes and ears for our clients, and make sure that, like you said, all, what we learned is the two major issues are Wi-Fi and trash. So if we can, you know, take care of the one major issue, which is trash, then you know, take care of everything else. Grow your portfolio, and when you grow your portfolio, add us on the back end for your trash vendor.
1: All right, slick talkers. Now for another dynamic sponsored duo of the podcast. I would love to introduce you to Vintory and Safely. About Vintory, we've had Brooke Fott on the podcast, who is a founder multiple times, and him and his team know numbers. They know data and they know marketing. They know how to help property managers, just like you, scale and grow their business by adding more inventory, aka more homes into your rental program that drive the bottom line for all of you listeners that want to learn how to scale and grow your inventory. You can get a free digital copy of Brooke's book called from zero to 500 properties in five years. And for an added bonus, if you would do a demo of the Ventory platform, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. Now that's a sick deal. And now to touch on our friends at safely.com safely.com helps property managers just like you and I protecting the homes that they manage from structural damage to content damage, and of course, bodily injury. This means plates, linens, cups, couches, tables, curtains, walls, and of course, your guests themselves are protected. And this helps you by scaling your company in order to ensure that you are retaining owners and inventory in your program. If anything is broken, or if anyone is hurt, you are able to make a claim through safely. And within three business days, you can get instantly paid out to replace any items and settle any claims that happen on site without having to deduct from your owner's payouts. That's why I call these guys the dynamic sponsor duo. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Check out their offers in the show notes and back to the episode. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And I'm, I'm curious to ask you on the side of, you know, going from corporate America to getting exposed to cam monkey. Going years without paying yourself to now being at five, you know, W2 employees and and being in a new office starting this week. For everyone who's listening, this episode is recorded in March. It'll come out in I think April. So just understand that there's Alex and the team are moving. So as you guys move into a new office and stuff, I'm curious to hear from your like obviously you never expected to become the trash man, right? Like becoming the the trash guy and and this stuff. But you know what's been the biggest takeaway or kind of maybe realization, self-reflection moment where things really shifted for you going from like, I'm corporate America, I'm climbing the ladder to like, actually, I'm all in on this and building this company and, and getting it to a point where like I can be comfortable with missing out on years of pay versus a lot of people that's, I know a lot of founders, I have a lot of friends who everyone comes up to me. Well, I have this business idea or I have this podcast. I want to do this. All right. Can you go a year without getting paid? And the answer is usually no. Oh, how, Or can you go a year without making maybe half of your salary now? Oh, no way. I couldn't do. Well, then you need to reevaluate some things is usually my answer. But for you, like, what was that moment? Was there one where you're just like, fuck, I just got to I just got to go. I just want to go all in.
0: You know that's a great question. And like what you just said, if you would asked me that before, could I go a year without salary? I would have said, no, I couldn't. you know, yeah. so it's like I don't believe in coincidences. Everything happens for a reason, and I'm a big believer in the universe. and everything that you have in your life, you've created somehow some way. And that's my delusionally optimistic self. You know, if I could sell title and escrow an ancillary fee, and I you know can sell millions of that every year for ten years, like, okay, I can sell. Almost anything. So that's where, like, when I, I got into Cam Monkey, I had other income coming in from my W two at you know real estate. So my thought process in the beginning was like, hey, I'm just going to grow this. You know, I don't need any money from Cam Monkey. If this gets to a thousand properties, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. If this gets to 500, if this gets to 100, like in the beginning, it was very small. But when the pandemic happened in 2020, so that was now like I invested right before 2019. Now it's just 2020, almost like you know a year and a half after I invested and now put time into it. When the pandemic happened. I almost was given no other opportunity. It was like, what else am I going to do? Am I going to go back into title and escrow with the whole world shut down and then now try to tell everyone, like, hey, this title company is better than this title company? I didn't want to do that anymore. I, I, it's lying. It's not true. Like, they're not different. We're doing, you know, so like, I was like, no, what, screw that. I'm a day trade. And while I day trade, I'm a grow can monkey. And I'm just going to just hit up everyone on LinkedIn. I'm going to hit up everyone on Facebook. And that's what I just did. I got obsessed over it. And was really like, I'm just going to grow this Phoenix market. You know, I'm just going to grow, grow, grow. And Mark and I had a goal. Like, hey, if we get this 500, like we just got the 500 properties, like X, Y, Z, you know, like, so like we would just kind of like think like that. And I believe like when you commit, the universe, you know, will assist you. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Like I said, I would never go back. Having uh, three kids and a wife that's dependent on your income and then not having that and not having insurance, not having, you know anything that you're accustomed to, it was a huge sacrifice. That's what I'm saying. Like people ask what our moat is. Our moat is what we just sacrificed for the last four or five years, building the volume up. People are looking at what we're doing now and thinking it's easy and it's not. I mean, they're going to learn a lot more information now having this conversation, but going three, four years of no income, five years of no income, not even making what you were making before. Like it's not for the faint heart, you know, so like even with that, like, and then to see that us expanding new markets, you might think that's even easy. So I see other people now trying to do it. And it's like, that's great, but like, you're now going at my prices that I came up like, well, how did $49 come up? How did the price per can come up? Like, how did all those things come up for, like, we created it. How did we create it? We created for our business model. What's our business model? What we created with no income coming in. So like people who are trying to compete at our prices, some people think our prices are really high. And then some people are like, that's a steal. You know, so it's all, you know, and there's other companies now creating what we're doing, which is fine. I love it. I love when people say, oh, hey, I use a company like yours. I'm like, awesome. I'm not the first you've heard. Give me an opportunity because now I know what I'm bringing to the table and if you're using a company that doesn't give you pictures and doesn't have this and doesn't have this I've been there before and I know what you're getting I now know what you could get and what you you know this was the difference is for five dollars a month so I love it like I really do but like back to your question like I, I wouldn't do it again and i now have a newfound respect for entrepreneurs like honestly like when you see these entrepreneurs start like i now know what it feels and when people come to me now and say how did you do whatever like i kind of blacked out for five years <laughs> like i don't i don't i was just surviving like day by day like minute by minute as sometimes, like i went through a lot of depression i went through a lot like my wife is my rock and she saw me through but like i have a personality it never changed but it was hard like what the hell am i taking i'd be in my suit i'd be in my suit taking cans out and I'm like what the hell am i doing sweating in the summer of hot you know hot arizona summer sweating in my like three-piece suit i'm like this is the stupidest thing i'm not doing that you know what am i doing i probably quit a hundred times in my head but i would quit and then i would get a new deal i would want to quit and then steve karen at itrip took a meeting with me like i would quit and then like Something would happen where I'm like, Ugh, I'm on to something, you know, I would quit. And then I'd meet Will Slickers, you know, it's like, <laughs> it always be something that would be like that. Like, it was like that, like little sign, you know, like, keep going, keep going, keep going. You, you come. And I I'd say to myself, you didn't come this far to come this far. You know, like I keep reminding myself of those silly little like quotes that just like was really true. Like one of my mantras, mantras I tell myself every day for years. I don't know why I even say this, but I'm a beacon of light for those who can't see in the dark. I never knew what that meant. And then now being in this industry where all these people are in the dark with how they figure out their trash issues, I'm the beacon of light. I'm the beacon of light for you guys who can't see in the dark for your trash issues, whatever they are. And that's why we're a vacation rental trash solutions company. I don't just take the cans of the curb and back. I'll take care of your cans by cleaning them. I'll do the on-demand junk removal. I'll schedule with your PMS system and get on your calendar and do all your departure dates. These are things that we're doing in some of these markets. Like in Orlando is way different than Austin, way different than Park City, way different than you know every market. And that's what we just learned over time. I learned to, you know, never say no to come up with solutions. And that's not $49. It might be $75. This is what you're going to get. And we'll make sure that your cans are empty. And that's some people are like, hey, that's fine. Like, thank you. I didn't have a solution for that. Or like the cans in the garage in, you know, Park City, some of them, you know, the stink, you know, that it's in the garage, it goes into the house. There's like, they want their on demand junk removal done. So, like, that's what we provide for them. You know, like, there's no real cans in the garage in Arizona. So, like, we don't need that. So like, each market has their own idiosyncrasies, and really like you as the property manager, like you already have a solution. So what is your solution right now, Will? What are you doing? How can I take what you're doing right now and then you know, embellish it or say, hey, I can see how you got that, but I got a solution. It's already working. I can just add your properties onto what I got. And do you want to you know, get in with this price? And you'd be like, yeah, just take my cans. And that's what we do. And I don't want you to think about it ever again.
1: Yeah. And a lot of us you know, depend on our housekeepers or our maintenance workers to really be this extra kind of like you said earlier is, you know, the boots on the ground where eyes and ears and depend on them to take out the garbage. And it's like in most of their other properties that they work for, if they work for others outside of your, your company, you know, they don't have to do that. They have someone that's probably hired to do it individually. You know, someone in high school has just got extra time that they can earn some cash or a can monkey solution. But, you know, it does put a lot of wear and tear on your your housekeeping staff if you actually add that service or that that duty to it and it's one of the like when i'm cleaning a house or even my own place the last thing i want to think about is going around the corner to pull out the bin i'm trying to get the hell out of dodge yes so that's also the other thing I want to go back into what you were sharing. Wait, wait,
0: before you had the question, I want to add on to that. So I just had this conversation with someone who's kind of asking about our business model. Like, why do I need you? I have a maintenance guy that does it for me right now. I said, great. So like, can you tell me a little bit about it? He goes, I pay him $2,000 a month, $20 an hour. So I'm like doing the math. I'm like, okay, that's a hundred hours divided by four, four weeks. That's You have a maintenance guy, 25 hours a week taking trash cans to the curb and back. And he, I broke it down for him. Basically, he just told me, he goes, I didn't realize you was spending that much time taking the trash cans to the curb. I'm like, so couldn't your maintenance guy be doing more things than taking like 25 hours? So if you're working 40 hours a week, already more than half is taking the cans to the curb and back for you. And that was like, I think he already knew the data. He told me, I just took it in a different aspect of it and said, well, can you use that maintenance guy for other things? And I can give you back his 25 hours for like $50 a month per property that you can get from guests or owners, or here's another, you know, ideas of not to come out of pocket with it. So Sorry to cut you off, but that was just what you just said. I, I loved it because it's true. Everyone has a system or solution, but at what cost?
1: Exactly. And I would much rather, like you just said, I much rather pay the 50 bucks per property and just let that 25 hours actually be used to improve the homes, improve whatever we're trying to do, because at the end of the day, that's going to be way more to my bottom line than wasting 25 hours a week for him to drive to every property and take out the trash and put it back. Like I found your yeah. sense. But uh, what I was going to try to get to for you is, you know, you you mentioned a couple things in your story, and this is where I, I really geek out. I think you and I have very similar stories in the case of when I left my hotel management job, my constant internal voice was sink or swim, sink or swim, sink or swim, sink or swim. That's all I had. I, I didn't think about starting a network. I didn't think about doing all this other stuff. I was just like, get my podcast to be my full time thing, which it was, but it was still like. December 27th, 2019, right before COVID, not knowing what the hell I was doing, not in the media industry, you know, all this other stuff. So, that kind of phase of, I think I love how you said it. You know, I quit a thousand times in my head, but then I would get a sale or I get this. And then, you know, it, it was just a continuous, I'll quit, something would happen. I quit, something would happen. And not saying like, you're bipolar and going like going to your partner <laughs> like I quit I'm leaving and then you're, you're going back but in that internal dialogue does happen and I think a lot of entrepreneurs are afraid to afraid to admit that so as it's happening and you're going through depression and other things because I'm I'm a big advocate of speaking up especially for men's mental health in the sense of I attempted suicide when I was younger you know I struggled with massive depression episodes that led down that route again to so now being full time entrepreneur. Slash multiple businesses, multiple team members, you know, it's still not easy. It gets better, I think, but I think there's a a big misunderstanding that once success comes, that those struggles don't happen ever again. when in fact, they really do, there's always that little piece of you, I think that's kind of like, hey, are you sure you should be doing this? Come on, really you, you're gonna do this. you're gonna like you know, whatever it might be. So for you, what would you, I guess say? To any listener, especially we do have a lot of guys that listen to the show, you know, when it comes to that piece, running a company, whether it's in the industry or not, what's, some um, you know, helpful things that have helped you through that, especially, you know, you mentioned your wife, I'm sure she's amazing just being a huge support. So I would love to hear just, from you, uh, you know, entrepreneur, founder to founder. Yeah yeah
0: so i will also credit cam monkey for like saving my life and i'll be honest with that i mean it could have been a lot of the the time that we were in with the pandemic i went to counseling went to therapists you know i i was going through a major change i had my son 2019 so after i invested in cam monkey i had my son right after cam monkey my son's name's cam camden so it's kind of like the universe like what the hell so um i had a son like i had girls and that was my first son so I, i kind of went through a lot of stuff just like internally as i think you would if any male has a family, whatever. But a lot of that goes stemming from, I wanted to be better for like Camel. I want to be better for my, you know, my family and everything. So I wanted to just go to a the therapist and that's where I learned a lot about myself and that's what really helped me. So for the first thing I would say is therapy, counseling, that's not like the taboo that people say. I love my therapist. Her name's Barbara. I try to get on her calendar as much as I can. A lot of the things that she says are things that I already know. It's just, you're your own worst enemy. And those intrusive thoughts, I mean, I never, actually tried to do anything to myself to hurt myself, but I had thoughts where it was so vivid that it was very scary. And so to have someone just tell you that, hey, that's normal, it's okay, like how, how you handle those thoughts, how you, you know. So that was a major, major thing. What I learned from going to therapist is that I was, you know, I was diagnosed with high functioning anxiety, high functioning depression, ADHD. I mean, a, a list of things, high hypersensitive, which all makes sense to me now. Like, I, I never realized it took me to 30 years old to realize all these things, but those things that were, you know, could be bad things are the reasons why I'm successful. Being anxious <laughs> is my like kryptonite. Like, I love having anxiety. I hate it, but I love it. It gives me a, a sense of urgency about everything. Like, I'm like, my team is phenomenal. I'm not taking anything away from them. Like, I set the pace so fast, so hard. That, like, no one's gonna outwork me, like that Dwayne Rock Johnson. Like, I'm the hardest working, like, I'm not the hardest working, where like I try to work smarter than harder, but I will push us forward. Like, I will not stop until I know that not just I'm okay, but my family's okay. Now, my family's my team, my team is my clients. Like, I try to make everyone else around me more important than myself, which is also not the best. You should take care of yourself. And, and that's something else that I learned. It's like, if you wanna change the world, you know what you got? There's like this old saying: like if you want to change the world, you got to change your country. To change your country, you got to change your state. To change your state, got to change your city. To change your city, got to change your county. Change your county, you got to change your family. Change your family, got to change yourself. I was like, holy shit! So you want to go change the world? Start with yourself. And that's what the therapist did for me. And that's what Cam Monkey really helped. Is that it? Kind of made me go to therapy because I was wanting to quit. I was upset. I was like, what am I doing? I'm not being a good parent. I'm not being a good you know spouse or i'm not being good at anything and really I, I was i was just starting a startup company and i didn't know that that's what it took you know being in my small room in the dark just banging out emails banging out connections banging out linkedin banging out whatever it was like it's you and like when i came from corporate america i had an assistant i had a, i had a gm i had a gm over the gm i had like a team i had i had i had everything i, I had a budget if i wanted to go to Nashville for the STR well I'd be like hey I need a budget like okay, yeah. cool here it is <laughs> like cool like now it's like okay I want to go to that but I guess I'm going to sneak in this time or I guess I'm going to drive there I'm gonna. you have to do little things differently it's always like after forgiveness not permission and I just have these little mottos in my head that would just keep me going, you know, just keep me going, act as if, act as if we already have a thousand properties, act as if we're already the number one trash removal service in the country. Like, act as if, and then it will happen. And so, like I said, delusionary optimistic is also one of those things that I just, I don't see anything but what I see. And it could be a good thing or bad thing. And I don't go into it like losing. I go into like almost like positive, like, this is going to be good because I've already looked at it in the future. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. And it's going to be hard, but I know we can do it because this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to reverse engineer. And if we want to get to 1,000, we have to get to 500, and get to 500 with 250, and this is how we're going to do it. And then just the building blocks. And then every time you get those little wins, and this is something else I learned, I'm really good at celebrating the little wins. The little wins help me realize that I'm on the right track. If I didn't have those little wins, and you're only looking at the big things, you think you're going to be failing every day. So every day I try to go to bed at night, put my head down, saying, What do I accomplish today? I blah, 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 blah. Awesome. Like, was that money? Maybe not, but maybe it'll be money next month. Maybe it'll be the connection will lead to another connection. Maybe this will lead to this and this, whatever it is. So like, I just always try to stay positive, 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 positive. And that helps me keep away from the negative mindset because I wake up sometimes depressed and luckily now I have kids and I have, you know, something bigger than myself. Um, and you can't be depressed when you have kids, you know, loving on you. So it's nice, um, but it's hard, yeah. but once I get in that mindset and I'm positive, I'm on the positive
1: mindset, I'm
0: good. And I just,
1: I stay positive all the time. Cause I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have two questions for you before we wrap up the episode. And, and the first one really goes into, you know, I, I've listened to other podcasts outside of the space and there's one that always asks this question of, do you feel like you were born or made to be the entrepreneur that you are? Some people are just naturally wired to work this way, to think this way, to act this way, to be the visionary, to carry up and scale and, and exit and all the above. And then some are, are made. They, they have things in their life that, like you said, you know the little things that just kind of show you signs of where to go that make them to where they are. Do you feel like you were born or made to be an entrepreneur? That is a
0: great question. And I I almost want to say both. I don't know if that's actually, you can say that, but I mean, I was born to a single mom, never met my biological father. So I was born in circumstances that I shouldn't be where I'm at right now. So I was made into this by my single mom. So it's like I was born into not having a lot. So I had to make the most out of it always to be resourceful, to be, to use the tools around me, to be like a MacGyver you know, to take this, you know, paper clip and this piece of paper and then make a a ticking time. Like that was, you know, my philosophy. So then, but now here I am. And and when I was in corporate America, all I wanted was a team. I knew I could be a good leader. I coached lacrosse and, you know, my brother's 10 years younger than me. I coached lacrosse team. We want to stay championship together. Like I am a leader, but I'm not a leader. Like I'm not one to get up and like be an alpha and be like, Hey, this is what we got to do. Follow me. I'm more like, do what you guys want to do, but this is what I'm going to do. And I naturally get people to follow me because I'm just kind of nonchalant about it but i'm a good people speaker i, I know how to connect with people and I, I just lead by example so i think i was born this way and i think that over time i was molded in a way where now i'm like where i'm at now i was molded in this over the last 10 12 years of my life all the experiences i've had had molded me to make me where i'm at right now from born
1: yeah yeah no i like it it's a good answer i think i think there is a mix uh, for some people, there's definitely, they were born, they were just naturally wired to go that route. Some people had to be molded, like you you say. And so I, I, I like that. The next piece is this year we've been doing something completely different in the sense of trying to weave all these Slick Talk episodes together somehow without ruining or trampling over other people's stories and, and going into the conversations at hand. And so uh, every guest, I have, we've been asking them to leave a question for the next guest without knowing who it is. So we don't tell them who you are, what you do, your journey or anything. We just let them ask a random question that's on their, on their mind. So the guest before you is Tyler Kuhn with Savvy Realty and they only work with short-term rental investors or property management companies for selling homes or selling and buying. And he and I were talking about kind of similar stuff in his episode. Through his journey and his his story but the question that he was kind of curious because it was off of the conversation was you know a lot of people say especially in business and entrepreneurship what's your why what's your why you gotta have a why and simon sinek's book you know start with why like all this other stuff but tyler admitted on the episode he's like look i don't know what my why is yet i know what i'm doing and I'm, we're building a successful company and you know i got a team and this and that doing lots of good revenue I don't really know what my why is. I'm still figuring that out. I'm thinking I'm still learning about myself. And so for his question for you without knowing who you are was what's your why if you know if you have one. If you don't know what you have one, what do you think like what do you think it could be around? So, I'll ask you that question and then after your answer, you can leave a question for the next guest without me telling you who it is. I love it. My why
0: has always been my internal family. Before my wife and my kids, it was my mom and my brother and sister. They're nine and 10 years younger than me. So even when I was 22 to 32 in the corporate, merit, like I was working hard for my brother and sister, for my mom. So it's always been outside of myself. And obviously, you know, selfishly, I want to do well for myself and I want, you know, accolades. That's what I wanted my, you know, I wanted the accolades. I wanted the money. I wanted all the, you know, whatever you got from working hard. But ultimately, now I look back on it, it was just to take care of my family in some aspect of it. And then now having my family now, my why is, I want to work really hard and have freedom of time. I want to, you know, if I don't go to work today, I want to make it, that's a choice. So it's, it goes back to my, why would I want to do that? To spend more time with my family. So my my why is my family. And it sounds cliche, but that's really what it is. It's like, I, I just, I worked really hard to, to have the life I have right now. I wanted a family of my own. I wanted the wife I have right now. I wanted the kids. I created everything I have right now manifested it and so i more time you know if anything i'm I'm working really hard right now to have something that is not passive but something i can grow in that i know that like i don't need to make millions of dollars a year you know like i I, I, that's what i learned in my 20s like i just i want to be comfortable with my family i want to take some vacations i just want to be there for you know school drop-offs school pickups the little things that maybe i didn't have in my life growing up so that's it a question i would want to ask someone though is what's a failure you had in your business that you wish you had earlier on? And the reason why I say that because I had a lot of failures that helped me propel in the right direction. And I don't think a lot of people see failures as lesson learned. I think they see failures as a mistake. And that's where I also would challenge an entrepreneur to fail early on, fail. Because that means you're trying something and that means that it didn't work, but just pivot and move on to another opportunity.
1: Yeah, as, as good old Gary Vee would say, fail your face off. In the beginning i love that fail so many times that you just you have no choice but to learn from it and grow and do better you know i I resonated very much so with you when you're talking about like oh we can go into a new market and go into austin but then realize okay that's not as easy so we backed out and you know we've done similar things we launched a big parent company to go into other niches of audio outside of hospitality and to be honest like we just weren't ready like we really wanted to focus on hospitality and what we're good at and what we know in the industry that we love already in the future when that becomes self-sustaining and doesn't need my day-to-day involvement, love to go into other stuff. But, you know, it's being able to fail first or fail forward, however people want to phrase it, that really does, you know, there's a little bit of guilt in the beginning. I think we're all humans. We all feel like, oh man, I can't believe I announced all this stuff and did all this, spend all this money. And then now you're like backing out and it looks like you're not holding to your word. But I think it's okay to realize and be self-aware and admit it. Whether it's in a recording or on a real life conversation, that hey, didn't work, not time. It's it's either a yes and no or not now, you know. And I think being able to be self aware with that is really important. So I love it. This is such a great conversation, and getting to like meet you in person, I think, really set the tone for this because I I came in without my notebook, which all my listeners know I always bring my notebook and I love it. Always have like yeah, it was just really good to have that that one on one time because you are good at people, you are good at. know connecting and i i really appreciate that about you and we got to meet scott sale and your openness to share your story on the show a little bit deeper than probably most and and uh yeah so it's been really it's been really great to chat with you alex
0: i appreciate it i'm an open book man i'm transparent and i like to you know create win-wins and if if i can help someone i know will come back to me i'm all about positive you know karma and it's like you know I can give someone 10 steps on, I used to say this in real estate and you can do the same thing and, and you know, weightlifting or whatever. I can give you 10 steps on how to get a six pack or 10 steps on how to make a million dollars. You got to do one through 10. Are you going to do it? You know, so it's like, that's the thing. I can give you the whole playbook of how to build camel key. Are you going to do it? You know, are you going to take all the, you know, so it's, that's like, I don't try to hold anything to the chest. You know, any way I can help someone one way or another, you know, it'll come back to me. And, and that's how, and it's, it's something else you just said that made me think about it. it's, Back to the failing forward and failing first. I I heard something that I keep in mind, too, that helps me with that thought process. It doesn't matter how good you're doing, but how long you're doing good. So if you are still moving, you're still in the motion of creating and and you're moving in the right direction, if it's a step backwards, but you're still going, it's okay. As long as you're moving and you're still going, you're still doing good. And what you realize now is that you should now, if anything, go bigger in hospitality because like you realize this other market right now is just not it yet. And then if, what you would have found is now you're just putting your direction to two different things. Now, how do you get 50% over here, 50% over here? Something's going to die down. So now you're still putting 100% in this, and then that will now sprung off
1: to other things. 100%. I love it. I love it so much. And that's what we've done here. Yeah. No, seriously, it's just like focusing forward and just going this route and just letting it run. So good. For the final question we always ask every guest. Obviously, everything will be linked in the show notes. We have guest forms that every guest fills out. We put it in the show notes, gets linked. But if you had one link for anyone to a discover you, reach out to you, or CanMonkey in general, what would that link be? And we'll wrap up the episode. If you go
0: to CanMonkey.com, I'm just gonna say that once our website, it's we just re-updated it. We when we were started out, it was for homeowners. And what we just done in the last 30 days is we create a whole vacation rental side of it. Like I said, the homeowners would go in, they'd set up one property, or vacation rentals don't have that. So canmonkey.com has a vacation rental side for a vacation rental management side of it. You can put one to a hundred properties that you're managing the city you're at. And if you're in a market that we're not in yet, which is really cool, we're getting into new markets right now in five to seven days. From getting the property addresses to getting a can runner to getting the routes up and running within a week. So I challenge anyone that's having any trash issues that maybe is curious about how to get a solution or how to get us in your market or not, or your city or whatever, reach out to us, let us know, you know, you're, you're interested and let our team uh, work our magic.
1: I love it. And just FYI for all the listeners, we will put this in the show notes as well, if you haven't seen it, but you get one month free with can monkey. If you mention this episode, so make sure that when you're signing up, you let them know, Hey, I heard Alex on slick talk great episode. Give them the encouragement. Thank you for offering that to our listeners. I I know I'm going to be one, a user of Can Monkey in general, but going to be promoting it throughout all of our stuff because obviously we need some game changing stuff like this to just come and make our lives a little bit simpler. So I appreciate you. Of course. No, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And for all the listeners, you know what to do. Like and subscribe all things Can Monkey. Show them some love from the Slick Talk family and the fan base that we have out there. And of course, like always, we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on SlickTalkThePodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.